Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Good morning. All right, well, that was quite a great praise and worship. Thank you for lifting us all up and helping us to engage. That was amazing. Thank you, praise and worship team. I just want to say good morning, Life Fellowship family. And good morning, everybody out there on the Internet watching us. This is new for me. But I, I want to thank Pastor Mark and Pastor Christine for encouraging me to tell my story today. It has taken a lifetime to put this together, but no fear, you're getting ready to hear it all in a few minutes. Um, many of you already know me. My name is Cliff, but I was given the name of Thomas Clifford Tudor III. Yes, I'm the third. My dad was Thomas Clifford Jr. He went by Tommy. My grandfather was Thomas Clifford Tudor. He went by Clifford. Um, I was born in Beaumont. And I spent most of my life up by Argyle, north of Dallas-Fort Worth. I uh, went into the Navy, and then I got a degree in electronics, went off to Colorado for a few years. Three years later, I moved to Seabrook, and I meet my wonderful wife, Karen. We've been married, <laughs> we've been married 15 years, and we live full-time in our RV right here in Old Seabrook. All right, we, it's a 37-foot fifth wheel, and we travel from place to place, occasionally when we're not here. And um, we love our simple life in our RV. We have three grown children. We have Nicole, Eric, and Jason. Eric and Jason both live in uh, locally. We have Nicole and her husband, Tim, and the family with three grown grandchildren. They live in Decatur, which is northwest of Fort Worth. We came here to live at, we came here to Life Fellowship since 2010, and we rededicated our lives to the Lord and became members at the membership meeting. Thank you, Jason. In March of 2011. In 2012, we were baptized, and we were uh, had great company because at that particular time in that baptism, we were baptized also at the same time of Charles and Karen Addison and Yaman Sills. I currently lead the men's ministry here at Life Fellowship, and as we're also uh, in a men's small group, the Conquer Series, which I'm proud to be part of as well. For several weeks now, Pastor Mark has been uh, presenting the God First series. And we started in January with our prayer and fasting. And then he uh, taught about the giving of our time, our talent, and our treasure. He also talked about his role as to lead and feed. And then last week he talked about our role, which was putting God first. 
Over the years, Pastor Mark has been after me to put down my testimony and then be able to give it. And Well, hearing each other's testimony can give us encouragement, can increase our faith, and give us patience as we wait for God's timing to bring forth his promises for our lives. As God would have it, I realize the reason that I'm to speak my testimony today on this particular Sunday is because my testimony is about God's first in my life. In the usual fashion of Pastor Mark's preaching, I've got three points. My first point is God, who? First. We know our mission statement at Life Fellowship is to develop, maintain, model, personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. In the children's ministry, they simplify the mission to discover, keep, and show God's love for us. The first part of my story is about the time in my young life where I needed to discover who God was. Not the God of my parents, but the God that was going to be part of my life. I knew my parents knew God, but we didn't attend church or pray very often. I'm, the, I'm in the middle. My, on the left is my little sister, Sherry. She's been here. And then on the right is my the sister in the middle, Kathy. My mom actually has been here too in the past. She couldn't be here. She's in a nursing home in Dallas right now. It was too much work for to get us all dressed into church every Sunday. My dad was distracted with his outdoor passions. He loved photography. He loved boats. He loved to build them out of wood. And he loved to race them. He was good at making the engines go fast. He even held a world record for a while. Mom was more of an indoor person. Dad traveled a lot. He found out that he couldn't make a living with boats, so he got in the insurance business. So that was required a lot of traveling. So mom stayed home to raise the three kids. I don't remember a lot of joy in our house, but I do remember the visits we came back to Beaumont to visit my relatives, my grandparents, my uncles, my aunts, my cousins. I particularly enjoyed going to church with my grandparents, uncles, aunts, and cousins. My grandmother and aunt, they, that's my grandmother and five of the four grandchildren. Of course, I'm standing up in the back. My grandmother and aunt would sing in the choir. My uncle was also involved in church a lot. All of them were involved in various ministries. It just gave me great joy to be surrounded by people that knew God. It just gave me this wonderful feeling. Which brings me to 1 Peter 4.10. God has given each of you a gift for his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. They're a great example of who God was, God is, and that there was so much joy every time we visited, mainly on holidays. 
Proverbs 22, 6. Direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. That was me. I, sw- I wandered in and out, and I came back. Thank goodness with lots of prayer. Just as I finished sixth grade, 12 years old, my parents divorced. My world seemed to be crashing around me. And being the oldest child, I kind of took it personally, and I thought I was kind of like at fault, as many children do in divorces. But I blame myself for the split. After living with mom for a few years, we went to live with my dad and new stepmother up in Argyle on their new property. So they had acreage. I'd never been around acreage, raised in a suburb. We had lots of animals. There was lots of horses, goats, peacocks, chickens, ducks, geese, just a general menagerie. It meant lots of chores, especially for the only son in the family. I got immersed in lots of how-tos, how to pound a nail, how to use hand tools, power tools, repair fence, repair and drive tractors, to convert an old airplane hangar into an eight-stall barn, and repair or actually build a training arena and pins around the hangar. With this busy life, it We didn't leave a lot of time for a church. School happened and life happened. That was me at a quarter show we went to. I graduated high school in 1970. Being pretty immature and my grades were only average, I joined the Navy. My dad was very proud that I joined the Navy as he also was in the Navy at the end of World War II. I learned the trade of a sonar technician. Sonar technician is like, we call it a ping jockey. You put a ping in the water, and we're looking for things in the water so it'll come up on a screen, and we send that to a computer that allows us to know that uh, navigation or uh, in defense and that kind of stuff. I served on a guided missile destroyer, the USS Samson. It was home ported in Athens, Greece. It was in the Mediterranean, and during 1973, we were there to help protect Israel in the Yom Yom Kippur War. Three years into my Navy career, I got a call. At the age of 46, my dad was in a fatal tractor accident while mowing the acreage. I headed home from the Navy to help take care of the family and the ranch. I found out my dad had been going to church. He had given his life, rededicated his life to Christ, and he was tithing. He had found the God that eluded me in my childhood, but he had died in in his peace. Later, I found out there was massive ranch debts. And with no income from the dad that had a high salaried position in an insurance company, my stepmother liquidated the ranch. So I was no longer needed as a ranch hand. 
The reason that I'd come home from the Navy was now gone. My sense of purpose, direction, had to be reevaluated. And I got caught up in the activities and temptations of the world. So I didn't heed this scripture. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes, squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. That's from the message. 1 John 2, 15-17. I was desperately... I was desperately in the need to discover and develop a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. My second point is God, but first, other things. At this point in my story, I did discover who God was. But my ability to keep him foremost in my life was lacking. I found God in a little Baptist church in Bolivar, Texas. That's northwest of Denton. My first wife and I, we gave our lives to Christ and we were baptized. It was awesome. But soon, we got busy with life. We bought eight acres of land, had to fence it. We had horses, built a house and a barn. But a as it would come in, opportunity arose, we uh, were able to sell our house in acreage and barn and able to buy closer to Dallas-Fort Worth in a heavily wooded place called Argyle. And now my time was spent clearing land to make room for a new house. But then it, somebody introduced a new sport. We got into scuba diving. And that was fun. It was challenging. So we spent many a weekend going to area lakes in Texas and in uh, Oklahoma, diving. And then somebody mentioned Cozumel, Clearwater. So we took a wonderful trip to Cozumel. And if you haven't been there, the water is over 100-foot visibility under the water. And it's warm, over 80 degrees. We kind of lost interest in lake diving. I don't know if you've ever been lake diving in Texas. There's only one natural lake. They're all man-made. And when you get down in the water, you can barely see the person next to you. It's cold. And down at the bottom, there's trees from when they filled it up with water. So we moved on to a new sport, some windsurfing. Or back then, it was called sailboarding, board sailing. It was like a surfboard with a sail on it. We loved it, and we started windsurfing every weekend. And actually, this is an example of windsurf racing. We got into kind of windsurf racing. It was challenging. It kind of great, gave me adrenaline rush. And uh, I got good enough to teach it as well. Enjoyed it so much, we went to the Caribbean for a race called the uh, Hi-Ho in 1986. It was a 100-mile race through the Sir Francis Drake Channel. We lived on sailboats for 10 days. And we raced every day on sailboats. I became hooked on competitive racing. So come back to Texas, I looked to get better. So I tried to sail every weekend I could with other sailors that were better than myself. And uh, then from there, pursued 
traveling from west coast to east coast, racing, trying to get better. I won many local and regional races. I got second place in master's class at the National Windsurfing Championship in Florida in 2000. I won the Gulf Coast Windsurfing Championship 2008. I won Texas State Windsurfing Championship twice in my class. And then I got where I enjoyed actually being the race director and running races to get other people on the water. I just enjoyed being around people. It's all about relationships, actually. But can you see a pattern here? All these constant activities, they were the method I used, I had learned to medicate the emptiness that was inside, the pain that I'd experienced in my life. This busyness was my way to keep from getting depressed or having to deal with my feelings about what, I'd hap what had happened in my life. So like, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you and what is good and pleasing and perfect. Romans 12, 2. Our pastor likes that one. I do too. But I didn't stop the busyness. In 1986, I made my passion my work. I hit the road. I began traveling seven states as a manufacturer's rep. I was setting up retail stores, selling windsurfing equipment to the stores, demonstrating the equipment to future customers for the stores at area lakes, training store staff, and training children in windsurfing camps. I really enjoyed teaching. This happens to be a, a learn to windsurf camp for children, actually at Clear Lake Park or Mud Lake. I was traveling sometimes two weeks at a time. I continued race competitions, and it was taking a toll on my marriage. Because you see, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, John 10.10. The windsurfing market in the U.S. started to decline, shrinking in 1990. I could no longer make enough money to support my lifestyle. I was not able to be a good steward of my money or my time. Long story short, my marriage ended, and I spent three years in Colorado in a whirlwind of activities there. Still racing, selling equipment, providing windsurfing lessons in an established retail venue. And after several offers to return to Texas, I decided to take a job in Seabrook to use my experience and passion to sell windsurfing or to help teach people windsurfing and kayaking. And it's where I met my wife, Karen. She came into the retail store here on Nassau Road 1 to buy a kayak. She bought a kayak, and then I asked her to date me. <laughs> then we found out we had a common interest in kayaking and camping, and, well, make a long story short, we got an RV, and we've been full-time RVing since 2001, right here in Old Seabrook. Her career was flourishing, and I was still chasing the racing circuit. 
All these busy things became idols in my life. All of them were being placed before God, for sure. There were idols of horses, scuba diving, windsurfing, and now my marriage life. I had met God, given my life to him, but I dropped it all there. I did nothing to keep or maintain the relationship I'd begun with him many years earlier in that small Baptist Bolivar church. I'd let everything else come in my life. It was an example for the scripture. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. Which brings my third point. God first. Finally, there was a change. And I really began to embrace what it meant to put God first in my life and show and model an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In 2010, Karen and I both had a tugging on our hearts. And for no other reason other than that tugging, we began searching the Internet for a church. We searched church after church, looking for the one, yet we were just feeling frustrated. The church mission statements or purposes listed on the websites did nothing for our, our heart. But then we came home one day to find a door hanger on the door of our RV advertising a small church in Kima. And it said, to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. That hit home with us, so we came. Well, guess what happened? We began attending and found a loving community of believers that loved Jesus. And we had to have more of that. So we started attending every event, every Bible teaching. We wanted our hearts and our ears and our, we were hungry to get to know God intimately. In March 2011, we became members and in May, we went to our first small group. It was called Foundations of Freedom and it was held at Lee and Shauna Frankham's house. Thank you for hosting it. In the fall, we attended another life group called Foundations of Freedom, the healing topics. We learned about wounds healing, and that the kingdom of God is at hand. These classes help expose the pain and trauma I had experienced and I had hidden so deep in my life. And it helped to process the wounds <clears throat> I had buried with busyness. This allowed me to move toward health and restoration. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you the path to take. In early 2012, we began tending a new teaching by Pastor Christine. It was called Starting Life, Bible 101. It was an overview of the Bible from beginning to end, it whetted our appetite for even more to read God's holy word. 
We attended Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University next here at Life Fellowship, and it kind of gave us the knowledge to realize that we've been tithing on our net, but we really need to be tithing on our gross. We started seeing amazing blessings. We finally started understanding what it was to give of our time, our talents, and our treasures. We started serving. Started first with the children's ministry, and then I was also a greeter. <clears throat> I started listening to Christian radio. I have to say that thank you, uh, one of our friends who's not here today. He, uh, I went in a truck to help move some furniture. He had Christian radio on him. What is this? We had been listening to iPod at the church, but I didn't get a chance to listen to it at other times. So, KSBJ, thank you. It, it, it's music. It's messages spoke life to me. It ministered to me. I was driving a school bus at the time, a special needs school bus. And when you're driving around in Houston traffic, you need all the help you can get. <laughs> I started seeking God on a greater level. I needed more intimacy with him. Started reading the Bible cover to cover. I sought out every teaching. I went to several men's summit conferences with the Men of Life Fellowship. I want to thank you all for that. We also signed up for Marriage Today simulcast that was being held at Life Fellowship. I wanted to fill my spiritual tank with God's love so I could go all out for my love for Karen. I wanted my love to be marked by giving, not getting. I wanted our marriage to example Christ's love, an example of unity Jesus had with the church. Karen had always been a strong woman in the home, as well as in her successful career. Now I was on purpose to step up into the role of a godly husband. Ephesians 6, 10, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. And for those of you who know how strong Karen is, you know I needed God's help <laughs> to take my proper place as, as head of the household. I love you. I was so thankful I got a chance to make this marriage, this marriage relationship right in God's eyes. Make peace with God vertically, and you make peace with all the rest of your relationships. Yeah. Ephesians 4.13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The more I learned, read the Bible, and prayed, the more I wanted to live a life following Christ's commands mentoring young men. I started to fast and pray more, really seeking Lord's direction. This gave me a revelation that the headaches and migraines I'd been experiencing all my life were mostly with food. Through the fasting period, I experienced a mental clarity I had not had in years. I noticed incredible blessing in our lives, which only could come from God. We've been giving more of our time, 
more of our talent and more of our treasure than ever before. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose for them. We still went through some storms in our life. Things broke, trucks, RV. In 2015, I found out that I had a health issue. I had cancer in my kidney. But through lots of prayer from our family and good surgery, it was gone. It is gone. I thank him for that. I'm so thankful I didn't need to go through chemo and radiation, radiation treatments, but I know that I could have done it all with God. God keeps providing us with his supernatural peace, his joy, his healing. And he takes care of your finances. In James 5, 14 through 15, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer is offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. In conclusion, when we talk about God first, I believe that means he must be first in every part of our life. God must be first within your marriage. God must be first within your family. God must be first within your church. And God must be first at work. And when I say that, I don't mean that God is at the top of the list. He's got to be part of every part of your life. Stay in his presence. It's taken me a lifetime to really get God first in my life. I pray that sharing some of my life experiences with you will be helpful in having God first in your life and that your trip to God first might be shorter than mine was by sharing some of these examples that I've had. Matthew 6.33 Seek the kingdom of God, live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.